Good to see everybody uh, on here on this Wednesday afternoon, at least Wednesday afternoon mountain time. If you're elsewhere, then it could just be becoming afternoon on the Pacific coast and well into your afternoon back east or around the world because, you know, the internet, uh, well, it doesn't forget, but it also is most places at any given moment. All right. Last week, we kind of talked about uh, patriotism or, or I guess that was just Monday, patriotism and nationalism and and uh, kind of doing the right thing. And if you're going to do the right thing, I suppose that doing the right thing, you've got to uh, be working for proper ends, the right goal. You know, what are we doing? Where are we? Where are we going with our energy? Because we all have so much energy, so much desire to play with over the course of uh, over the course of a, a day, or and literally over the course of a lifetime. Good to see you there in in, in here, Karen, on this uh, lovely afternoon. All right, so. We kind of want to talk about uh, there. There are three aspects to to this beast right now, and we're going to begin with uh, what what literally is the desire for liberty. We would all like to be free from whatever we're entangled within right now. And how is that possible, or is that even possible at all? If one looks at free will, does one truly have free will if they were not in charge of? or in control of, which is probably the better way of stating it, decisions that one has already been made. You're still living with inside those effects of those previous decisions. So this is kind of where, where we're going to start right here. Uh, good to see you, Karen, once again. Uh, Monday's Patriotism show was excellent. I kind of enjoyed doing that. It really kind of broke me up because you know, we're all so invested in that. And I kind of want to expand on that today and, and, and what we desire and how we desire. And, and it's really kind of a subtle thing, but it's also an exceedingly powerful thing. Desire is the generating power behind cause. It is the force that draws all possible manifestation towards oneself. Think about that. All possible manifestation. So whatever you desire, in a way you're throwing out the hooks you're you're after that you're wanting that that desire that object to come towards you and so when we look at the art side of things uh, desire is in in flames because there are two ways to look at it it can be a, a higher more exalted desire or it can just be a satiation of say base desires base needs base, more base wants. And so that's kind of uh, what we're what we're approaching is how do we divvy those up? So desire's grand purpose is simply to bring things and events to the experiencer. An inspiration happens uh, and, and then you begin to put into, into motion effects and causes that bring that goal, that um, desire towards you. And so that's uh, kind of a, a scary and exciting thing at the same time, depending on what's happening. So desire said the Buddha is the cause of, I heard, all suffering, but without desire, what delight? And if we think about that, so desire has the potential to bring suffering and also delight. And we seem to be in a society right now that is certainly suffering, but also has a lot of delights and it, it's interesting some of the the series shows something like um uh HBO not necessarily chain of or like game of thrones but they're talking about violent uh, violent delights meet violent ends so that uh, a kind of a like attract likes and and you're bringing things towards you 
that um, are in concert with with your desires. Maybe you want to participate, maybe you just want to watch, but more than likely, eventually it will overcome one. So the desire engine has two triggers. One is an external trigger and then an internal trigger, a bit of inspiration or the external, let's just say it's something you see that you then desire. So one of your external senses picks up on something, I got to have that, got to have that. It's a car, it's someone else's spouse, it's ice cream, it's something outside of you. And then desire is put into action. You want to bring that event to you one way or another. And then you go through this mental decision-making process, the variable reward. What will this action to bring that desire to me, what will it cost? Is it something that's legal? Is it illegal? Is it something that's forbidden or am I allowed to? You go through these variable reward thoughts and processes in your head as you're contemplating acting upon the desire. And then once you've decided to do it, then there has to be a commitment. You've got to chain yourself, link yourself, make an agreement that I'm going to go buy that new car or I'm going to go downstairs and make a sandwich or something as simple as I got a dog years ago that's got to go outside. And I got to, I've got that commitment to that thing. So it's you're even uh, falling into line about other people's desires, other commitments that you have made in the long past that require action. So desire kind of is binding. Paradoxically, desire needs our energy to operate. And energy needs desire to function and to channel itself. So there's this base energy that is all through creation, and it desires to express itself. It's looking for some means, some avenue, some channel to bring forth expression into the physical realm or even into the other realms above, depending on on, on what kind of energy it is and what it's attracted to. And so there are even cults that use that energy that needs to express itself and they try to draw it to themselves. They try to bring it, bring it to the group. They try to do ceremony. They try to do um, rituals to bring about the expression of some kind of energy that would be then drawn to their goals. So desire, because it is is in a way an emotion, but desire absolutely exists, but not just in the physical because we have to have and deploy some outside energy that exists. We have to bring that into us. We It, it needs our energy, our direction to operate. And then eventually uh, it uses us as a channel to manifest into this reality. So it becomes a, a rather subtle and a rather complicated thing. And then desire is even different between the sexes. Desire in men is a hunger. And in wo- women... It's only an appetite, and that can be interpreted through your own experiences because men and women are in different poles of expression, one positive and one minus, one radiant and attractive in that way, and the other is uh, magnetic or seductive or alluring. So both are very, very powerful once you're you're looking at and contemplating that, uh, that kind of an experience. So desire is the means of gaining appeasement in a world that is sorely dependent on some kind of release. When we think about that. When we desire, we create an attachment. 
We want a job. We want a spouse. We want children. We want a car. We want, we want, we want. And until that want is satisfied, then that dependent, that dependency on that desire, on that attachment will continue to exist. And then the release is the accomplishment or the satisfying of that aspect of desire. And that can you know run through all, all your chakras from, from eating to, to reproduction to desire and work or to an emotional dependency. I, I just want someone to love. I need someone to love. I need that. I need that ability to express that desire in my life with a relationship, with a spouse, um, with a partner. Uh, I just wish I had good parents. You know, the, the the list of desires is is kind of stunning. It really is kind of stunning. So then this obviously a desire that is thrown out in front of us day and night through media, through movies, through music. They are trying to keep or the system is trying to keep our desires at this kind of level, at this base, raw kind of expression. So we're just barely, let's just say animals have to have sexual expression to, to reproduce, to remain relevant. And if we as human beings, that is true as well, that we also have a much, much greater potential inside of us. But if this is the imagery that we are saturated with, then where else can we go? Then the other thing about desire is that it can be used and more often than not is simply because of where the evolution of humanity resides at this time in that of harm to others, doing harm to others. People, we use their power of desire to affect that change and we get joy from watching revenge or karmic retribution happen very, very quickly on people. So we see you know, that this, this whole desire thing is spread out across the entire spectrum. It can enslave a world or free humanity. So desire, no trade is more justified, desirable, than revenge in the right place and right time. And I had a friend who loves that show, Revenge. I honestly haven't seen an episode just because that's an energy that I don't necessarily want to be associated with or having permeate the mind before you go off to bedtime. Because if you begin to contemplate revenge, you'll then wonder, how does that act apply in my life? How could I use that act of revenge to my benefit? And all that can do is then harm another. And then we've got another aspect that's going on in society right now where we don't even take responsibility for our own desires, but we're blaming our genetic makeup. My DNA made me do it. You know, I'm a criminal because, or I'm this way because we're not taking actions. We're not taking responsibility for our actions would be the better way to say it. So does our DNA, can our genetics actually put you in a prison? Or is that subtle part of us, that energy part of us, is that ultimately more powerful? Can we step outside of our genetic makeup and become more? Is that truly a possibility? Um, you know, in 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 this world, in this realm. All right. Uh, yeah. Thanks for that, Karen. Uh, the Edward Abbey quote is intriguing, and I never thought about it that way. That's you know, there's a lot of things that, unless they're pointed out to us from another, we often miss them, you know, entirely. It just doesn't come within our realm of consideration. And once something is brought up, 
from a different point of view, then we can we can consider it. So then someone else says, uh, the best revenge is no revenge. Move on, be happy, find an inner peace, and flourish. Because if, and a like attracts like scenario where the law of attraction is forever at work, whether you're aware of it or not. It, you know, ignorance is not bliss. Ignorance is not a pass. You, because you don't know something, does not mean that you're not subjected to those laws that we're all born and living within. And uh, so we can make that choice as to whether to engage in a revenge to or any of those other lower passions, you know, vanity and, and lust, attachment, greed, you know, all of those, um, you know, have a play. And once you get greed, you know, it is a permanent slaver because in so many ways, if you look at someone who you know is greedy, you can see that they can never have enough. So in this way, in this context, des desire becomes an insatiable appetite. And there are plenty of examples, and some of them rather gross, of people who go way outside the law, whether it's you know abductions or, or violence against people, that once it begins and it becomes okay the first time, then it's okay. Whatever is driving them to this unsavory act, they can't get enough of it. And we have addiction and an attachment to that kind of behavior then in play. And even if it's in the collection of, of, of money, the collection or need to, to eat, to do so many things, that desire can simply not be satisfied. So freedom ultimately is the power to choose our own chains. Yeah, iron shackles or golden, or, or golden chains. Either way, there is a cause that is in motion that you have triggered, that you have instigated. And that cause will come back at you or continue to propagate out either in a beneficial or a destructive way. So sometimes we have to look at what something is not before we can recognize what it is. And I believe that is one of the reasons why we have such challenges in life is we've got to find out, you know, why we're here and is it really serving us? Is, is being here to accumulate, to possess, to own? Um, or just to experience a, a, a happy life. You know, are we here for more than that? So antonyms of liberty are denial, dependence, denial. And I, let's just preface that with denial of free choice or any choice at all. Dependence. Well, if you're dependent on something, then you're not free of it. Were to be held in that way, it would be more like a physical thing where something has a hold upon you. Prohibition, which is another law kind of scenario, exclaiming that you can't have this, you can't do that because it didn't go so well, or we don't want you to, you know, has happened at some point in the past lives. And same with refusal and responsibility. I see it as the ability to go both ways because liberty would be the effect of having been responsible with desires you you have expressed in the past. So dispensation would be another word associated with liberty, emancipation, enfranchisement, enlightenment, exemption, immunity, and ultimately probably the most powerful too would be enlightenment and or, and that includes uh, independence where you're independent from, you know, from those chains that you have willfully or maybe karmically been born into. 
And if it was karmic, and most everything is, I'm in fact thinking about it, I don't know that there's anything that isn't as a result of cause and effect, then then that independence has to be has to be one. And it is not a, a slow or a small or short journey. All right, Charles Spurgeon, free will carried many a soul to hell, but never a soul to heaven. What does he mean? What, what, what does he mean? Free will has carried many a soul to hell, but never a soul to heaven. So if, if you can't get there by your free will, then what is it that could get that person to heaven? In a moment. All right, choices and causality. You know, we have free will for choosing choosing effects. We have we've got choice, free will, randomness, and they affect reality. Causes are many, but we choose one. We're always, in every moment, having to make a choice. We can't escape it. That's part of the prison we're in, is being condemned or the gift of being given the ability to make choices. And we cry and cry for the free will to get out of the effects of choices that we've already made. So we, in, in, in this realm, it's like we, we are given all we want and many things that we ask for. And then it's not long before we're asking to have them taken away to be relieved of the burden that those things that we have asked for now desire of us. So desire has been used to appease the masses, to destroy the masses, and to judge the masses. Though, ironically, it is the only subjective urge that has not been called to justice. There are many wrongs in the world, as described in the press, as in de- described in, in talk shows, but rarely, if ever, is uncontrolled desire or misdirected desire brought up. It's always some other thing. It, 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 it's agreed. It is, um, you know, it, it is some other effect or some other action that remains un, uncontrolled. All right. So if a thing is free to be good, it is also free to be bad. And free will has what made is what has made evil possible. So why then did God give them free will? Because free will, though it makes evil possible, is also the only thing that makes possible any love or goodness or joy worth having. That from C.S. Lewis. And that's ultimately the truth, is that we have a choice in every moment. And then knowing how to make that choice, and you can make it from lower desires or higher desires. And as we mature, and certainly as we age, and then also go through many, many lives, we become much more clear as to which to deploy in a moment. And this is where controlling that anger or that fear really becomes a very powerful thing. So desire ultimately is the means of teaching everyone about the limitations of these lesser realities, that lesser reality of revenge that we looked at either or those delights, say, of the flesh. Because as as we become aware, there becomes a, a differentiation 
that we have to make so that those causes we're throwing out there in the world will ultimately lead to a, a greater freedom, a liberty that we would want to choose to live within or simply to choose to, to live within. The secret to happiness is freedom, and the secret to freedom is courage. So if we're not courageous enough to make those choices that put out those causes that they, that we then have to live in the effects of, then we're making choices that further enslave us. Then we're bound to those, those karmic repercussions. And that is not freedom. Freedom is really much more relaxed than that. All right. This is kind of from Rumi. And Rumi, as a poet, um, really had a, 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 you know, a book of treasures, truly a book of treasures to, to read through. I once had a thousand desires, but in my one desire to know you, all else melted away. So this is where desire can become very powerful in redirecting where we're thinking, where we're going. Yes, Robin. Yes, 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 yes. Let's double click that. Such a concept. We're cho choosing our own chains. And that's why, um, as we mentioned uh, earlier ago, that um, you know, th this path is, is exactly and, and perfectly made for us because you know, everything out there, everything we've all got upon us are our own chains. A man once told the Buddha, I want happiness. The Buddha replied, first, remove I, that's ego. Then remove want, that's desire. And now all you have left with is happiness. I want happiness. So how does that happen? How do we gain the discernment, the strength, and the courage to not I want, but then to just let what is, let it be, and then be very relaxed about what comes down the pike, what comes down the road for you. All I want is happiness. A man's fate in battles is worked out before the war begins. So do we really have choice? Or are these battles pre-staged at certain points in our lives? that say when I'm 33, there's going to be a health issue. I have to work through that. And either the reason for that health issue showing up at that particular point, that uh, inflection point of your life is to empower you to be able to overcome something, some anger issue, um, the ability to emotionally accept love or to receive we have these events, these battles staged throughout our lives to ultimately break us down so that we can let go of what we think should be and allow in what is. And when we can do that, then there's a liberty that we're allowed to live within. If I find in myself a desire which no experience in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that I was made for another world. C.S. Lewis once again. So who's from here? Well, they live in a place that talks about ETs on occasion. And they're like, oh, wouldn't that be cool if, and da-da-da-da-da. And my retort is almost always, well, nobody's from here. Even, you know, a hundred years ago, no, I promise you, nobody watching this was here. We are all somewhere else. Our bodies may be formed from this dust-to-dust -dust scenario, but no one 
No one is from here. We're just here in a schoolyard to have some experiences, to enjoy, to learn discernment, to learn how to make choices, and ultimately to control desire so it can be used for more constructive things. Happiness is your nature. It is not wrong to desire it. What is wrong is seeking it outside when it's inside. Hmm, see Ramana Maharishi. What do you think? Are, are there treasures inside and we keep wandering outside, looking through the eyes, smelling with our noses, touching things, wanting, 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 and we're back to I want happiness. And when we're looking through and using our senses to want Happiness apparently can't be found out there, but only pleasure. And as we've learned, pleasure ultimately is the root of, or desire seeking pleasure is going to be the result or, or the, yeah, bring the result of pain. So that's kind of the struggle. And we'll kind of end it here just a little bit early. Good to see uh, you guys on over there. In one word, one should desire of God, desirelessness. For desire alone is at the root of all suffering. It is the cause of repeated births and deaths. It is the obstacle in the way of liberation. Interesting thought. And as growing up in a more traditional religious thing, these were not things we were taught. We were taught a moralism. We were taught not to do this, not to do that, and say your prayers and be good to your fellow man. All of those things are, are appropriate for a time. And then we begin to kind of realize that going to church isn't going to solve the world's problems. Those things have to happen inside as we can then change how we look at things. You know, inside, we also can change. So one word, back to the quote. Now, it's not there. Anyway, so our goal is a desirous life and just allowing that which comes down the road and be known that it was sent to you for a reason to make a series of decisions around. We can resist, as we talked about the other day, those doors that have already been closed in front of you, or we can look at opportunities for those doors that have just been opened for you and discerning which ones those are is going to be a life's challenge, a life's work. All right, guys, glad to see you, Vicki and uh, Karen. And yeah, perfectly sent to you, Vic. That's, that is the truth. And those that we have in our lives are there precisely so we can play off each other's strengths, shore each other's up through their weaknesses, and ultimately just be support for one another. And that is just about all we can ask is, is to do no harm. All right, everybody, Scott Stevens here on Another Perspective. We'll see you on Monday for another episode. And then we'll take a quick look at uh, some of the weather around the world later on tonight on Scott's Weather coming up at 7 o'clock Mountain. All right, everybody, take care. Keep looking up.